Boy, I tell you, that ought to be the prayer of every one of us. Amen? Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full, and deny thee, and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor, and steal, and take the name of my God in vain. Accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee, and thou be found guilty. There is a generation that curseth their father, and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords, and their jaw teeth as knives, to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. I was thinking on some things this week, and uh, we live in, a, in a, a time where I believe what, what Solomon writes here about these generations fitly describe the day and age that we live in with regards to the generation that we live in. Hold your Bible, Bibles there and turn to uh, Revelation chapter 2 for a moment. Revelation chapter 2. And uh, let's go to uh, verse number 4. The letter uh, is written here to the church at Ephesus. And uh, in verse number 4, Jesus tells the church at Ephesus, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. In uh, Revelation chapter number 3, if you will, Revelation chapter number 3, and verse number, uh, let's go down to verse number 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see." I want to just mention a couple of things by way of caution tonight. That we live, the Bible talks about the fact that we are in the world, but we're not to be of the world. We live in a very dark world. We live in a world that I think Solomon so aptly describes here of a generation that curseth their father and does not bless their mother. A generation who's pure in their own eyes, and yet they're not washed from their filthiness. That we live in a generation, the Bible says, how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up and how proud of a generation we live in. And if we are not careful, <clears throat> the fact that we are around and in this world, uh, we will begin to get world spots on us. Uh, we'll begin to have uh, the effects of the world that we live in uh, affect our lives and our hearts. And uh, we've got to be so careful of this that we keep our eyes on the place where they need to be, and that is on the Savior, on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we've experienced some great, great days in our church in the last several months. I don't know about you all, but I have thoroughly and thoroughly enjoyed the spirit of our church. And I can tell you this, that this is a very rare thing in many churches. 
Uh, what we have here at Keith Heights Baptist Church is very rare. You don't find it very often. But can I tell you this, that if we are not careful, and if we're not protective of this thing, and if we begin to just go through the motions of it, we will lose this spirit. We'll lose this idea of, of loving God with all of our hearts. And we'll begin to go through the, the routine of doing what we do, instead of doing it because we love God. We'll go through the routine of going to church. We'll go through the routine of serving in the church simply because we uh, are, are around people that uh, we're all in one accord, in one mind, in one agreement uh, with, and, and we don't want anybody to think less of us. So we begin to uh, do things if we're not careful. We begin to do things out of obligation. We begin to do things out of a, a, a spirit of, uh, well, we, we, we do this and this is just what we do every week. This is what we're supposed to do every week. Can I tell you this, that if we're not careful, we will lose that great spirit. I was almost preached on revival, and Lord willing, maybe Sunday morning we'll have the message on revival. But uh, the idea that Paul tells Timothy to stir up the gift that was in him. And if there was a stirring up that needed to be done, <clears throat> then that means that there was a chance that Timothy's heart had grown cold or stagnant. If Timothy can go through something like that, you and I sure can and it's so, so important that we, uh, that we keep our gaze and our eyes fastened on the Lord Jesus Christ, that we press for the mark, that we pursue after Him wholeheartedly, not just go through the routine of, of the fact that, uh, uh, that this is what we're supposed to do on Sundays and this is what we're supposed to do on Wednesdays. Uh, we come together and we uh, text. I'm glad the ladies have the little texting circle uh, that they do. The, 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 some of you that may not be on it, you get talk to Miss Mandy or one of these ladies, they'll get you in the group here. And uh, I like that. I think there's some, some wonderful things that come from fellowship, don't you? But if we're not careful, we'll get so wrapped up in this social group of, of it that we'll lose sight of what we're really trying to do here and accomplish here. Are we helping draw one another closer to the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we edifying one another? Are we lifting each other up? Are we praying one for the other? Are we bearing one another's burdens? Are we loving one another and so fulfilling the law of Christ? Are we loving God with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, and with all of our minds? And lest we get our eyes off of Jesus. I love that song we sang tonight. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the Bible says the things, or the song I wrote, the things of earth will grow strangely dim. Have you ever noticed that? The closer I get to the Lord Jesus Christ in my own personal walk, the less this world has anything that entices me or draws my heart or has an uh, effect upon my appetites or my thoughts. The more I love Him, the more I walk with Him, the more I fill my mind with the Gospel, this, the Word of God, the less this world has a draw on it. And if we're not careful, we'll get into church and we'll, we'll enjoy the fruits of a great spirit in the church. And then we'll lose it all. Because we'll find ourselves not growing, not pressing, not thriving, not moving forward, not keeping our eyes fastened upon the Lord. But we begin to fasten them upon our church. Or we begin to fasten them upon the group that we love and that we care about. And we start losing sight of Christ. Can I tell you this, one thing that is the most important thing here in our church with every single one of us is our personal walk with God, period. I love fellowship. I think it's great. I love friendships. Boy, I'm close to many of you in this church. I love the friendships. I love the, the socializing. But if that takes the place of my personal walk with God, then I'm going to be destined to lose it.
We've got to keep our eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to share with you some things here. Turn with me, if you will, in Psalm 48. And I don't have points tonight. I just have some Scripture we're going to read. And we won't be very long, I promise you this. We've got about 8 or 10 minutes till 8 o'clock, and we'll have you out here at least before midnight. <clears throat> Look with me in Psalm 48. And I just want us to, tonight, before we leave this place, I want us to rejoice in who God is. I want us to have our eyes refocus. I want, I want us to be like I was in sixth grade when I put those glasses on and all of a sudden I could see more clearly again. Can we do that tonight from God's Word? Let's look at some things here together. Psalm 48, I love this, verse number 1. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in the mountain of His holiness. You know our God is great. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You go from there to Genesis chapter number 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He stepped out on nothing. I mean, there was nothing. There wasn't a little atom spinning there that collided. There was nothing. And God spoke. And you know what the Bible says? And it was so. <laughs> and God saw that the... Uh, that the day that the light was good, and he said, let there be light. And he saw the day and the night. He saw the animals and the trees. He saw that it was good. He saw the, the dry land and the waters appear. He saw all the stars and the sun and the moon appear. And he saw that it was good. That's the kind of God that we serve tonight. We live in a very dark world. We live in a world that, that according to Solomon, I think very aptly describing it, uh, a generation of folks that have their eyes everywhere else except for on God. And if we're not careful, even as God's people, We'll lose our focus. We won't walk with Him like we should. Look with me in Psalm 100. I love this passage. Psalm 100, the psalmist writes this, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people. And I think this is one of the most wonderful statements of this one. And the sheep... Of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. I'll tell you what, we need to be lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere we go. We need to be lifting up our God. We need to be, as the psalmist said in Psalm 63, verse number 1, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. Oh, that we would love Him with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, and with all of our minds. That's the greatest commandment, isn't it? That we would keep our eyes fastened on Him. That our walk with Him would be so, so vitally important to us. That we would guard it with all diligence. We wouldn't let anything intrude upon our walk with God. Our time spent with Him. Our time being drawn closer to Him. Our time meditating upon Him and thinking upon Him. You ever get in your prayer closet or in your time where you spend reading the Bible and either you pause or you get done reading and you just sit there for a moment and you just start thinking about God? And there's times I've done that and maybe a song will come to mind like, How Great Thou Art. And I'll begin singing it to Him. Lord, how great Thou art. And I'll begin talking about all these things about God. that I be... And I'm going to tell you what, it doesn't take very long before I get a little excited about that. And the truth of the matter is, no matter how much I do that or how long I do that at that period of time, I still have not even come close to describing how God is. That's how great of a God we, we serve. Can I tell you this? We live in a dark world. 
We live in a world <coughs> where we can enjoy some things spiritually and there's a group of God's people. But I'm telling you, by way of warning tonight, that what we experience here at Keith Heights Baptist Church is very, very fragile. If we're not careful, we'll lose it. We'll get our eyes off of God and we'll begin to put them on one another. We'll begin to put them upon our fellowship. We'll begin to put them upon our song service or our preaching time. And we'll think, boy, that's what all this is about. No, no, it's all about Him. Everything we do is for Him. Our soul winning is for Him. Our sharing the gospel is for Him. And if He's not the center of everything we do, if we start getting outside of that and we begin to, to make other things more important in this church than the Lord Jesus Christ, then we are destined to lose what we have here. I want to encourage us tonight. I want us to be warned tonight. I love what we have here. I don't want to lose it. I'm going to tell you what. I tell my mom all the time when I talk to her on the phone. I said, Mom, I'm spoiled as a pastor. I am. There's not many churches like this. And I'm thankful for it. And I don't want to lose it. And may we be warned of this, that we keep our eyes upon God. Look with me in Psalm 92. Psalm 92. And these are just a few tonight we're going to look at. Boy, if, if you're not excited about the Lord when you leave here, go ahead and go on home and read more Psalms. You'll find some more about it to be excited about. Psalm 92, verse number 5. O Lord, how great are Thy works, and Thy thoughts are very deep. I'm thankful last Sunday we read about the fact that God's ways are not our ways. Neither are His thoughts like our thoughts. I'm thankful that, uh, that God has thoughts and ways that are far exceeding above ours. Jonathan and I were talking the other day about heaven. He kept asking me all these questions. Well, is heaven going to be like this? And is heaven going to be like that? And I said, Jonathan, I don't know. There's some things that we don't know about heaven. God's described some of it. But here's one thing I do know. I do know that the Bible says after all that God has revealed to us in Scripture about heaven and how wonderful it is, finally, at the end of it all, God put in there in Scripture, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath in store for them that love Him. Can I tell you this? Heaven, we can't even describe it. Oh, that we would keep our eyes on the Lord. We would keep our eyes on the goal and press toward the mark. We would not be swayed to the right hand or to the left by all the things that happen in the world. I, I thought of this. We, we went, we've gone through some trying times in the last six months. Last 12 months, really, or so. With pandemics and, and political issues and social issues and unrest and riots and people that are making laws that we believe to be immoral against God's Word. And we, we, as God's people, get angry at that and we begin to get bitter at that. And if we're not careful, we'll focus so much. And by the way, don't, don't misunderstand me. We ought to be upset at these things. We ought to be defending against these things. We ought to be standing for them. But if we're not careful, we will make defending these things our focus. And we will leave God out of the picture. We'll become so consumed with defending our, our, our truth and our, our Word of God that we'll leave God completely out of the picture. I've been in services before. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And the preacher will get up and he'll preach a good message. It's not that it's a bad message. But it's the kind of message that I've always often thought of as he got up there and he didn't let the Bible get in the way of a good message. It was a good message. What he had to say was good. It was right. It was something that Christians ought to do. But he didn't have Bible for it. And he lost the foundation of authority in preaching. 
Can I tell you this? If your preacher ever gets up here and starts preaching something and he doesn't give you Scripture for it, then all you've got is my opinion. The only way that what we teach from this pulpit has authority is when we come and say, here's what the Bible says, because it is our authority. And if we're not careful, we will become so consumed with defending, and we ought to defend, don't get me wrong, but we'll become so consumed with it that we will lose the central focus of what we're to be focused on. And that is God Himself. We've got to be careful. We can become so overwhelmed by the cares of this life. Paul told Timothy, he said, No man that warreth, that would be you and I, entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Doesn't mean he doesn't fight the spiritual warfare. He's in the fight. He just says he doesn't get entangled with them. And my fear sometimes is that we will get so involved that we become entangled and we miss out on the preeminent thing. We miss out on the most important thing. Oh, how great our God is. He's the one that ought to be high and lifted up. Look with me in Isaiah chapter number 6. I love this passage. Isaiah chapter number 6, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And notice it says here, And one cried unto another, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips." And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Folks at Keitha Heights, this is our God. Why do we so make, make Him so little in our sight? Why do we minimize Him and bring Him down to our view and our mindset and our infinite way of thinking? Or our finite way of thinking? Why do we limit Him? We, we so are, if we're not careful, we will not magnify God. In Psalm 34, verse number 3, the psalmist says, Magnify the Lord with me. I love science. My son, Jonathan, likes science. I'm trying to get him more involved in it. When I was a kid, I enjoyed watching things under a microscope. You ever see that? Take something really, really small, and you zoom in there, and boy, you can see it. And uh, you get to see all the little worms and things in the water that you're drinking, and But then we had magnifying glasses. Remember those? We had those big sheets of magnifying glasses. You could take and do like this. You know, you ever do that? And then your face gets real big. And what the magnifying glass does is it takes something and it makes it even bigger. And can I tell you this? That when it comes to God, we're to magnify Him. We're to take the knowledge of Him that we have and we're to magnify Him. You say, Brother Greg, what if we, what if we go uh, beyond we'll never exhaust, will we, who God is? What happens if people think that we're exaggerating? 
My friend, I'll tell you this. We can tell people how big our God is, and we can talk to until our, 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 our vocal cords are worn out about how big our God is, how great our God is. And we will not have exhausted the subject. His mercy, His grace, His forgiveness, His long-suffering, His kindness, His justice, His holiness. Oh, we could go on and on and on tonight of the attributes of God. And I tell you this, by way of warning tonight, may we lift our eyes up. Take them off of the things that we've been so involved in. And let's look to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want to make sure that my walk with you is right. First and foremost. Before my time of fellowship at Keith Heights Baptist Church, I want to make sure I've spent time with my God. Before I spend time uh, making Sunday lunches or helping with the remodel uh, downstairs or uh, sweeping the floors here at the church, I want to make sure that I've spent time with God. Before I come on Sunday mornings for the preaching services, I want us to make sure we spend time with our God. Our hearts are prepared. That He is the preeminent thing in our life. We can serve God. We can serve Him with power. But if we're not careful, and I say this to my shame over the years, I've been so busy sometimes doing the work of the ministry, can I call it that, that I have failed to walk with God the way that I should. We can get so tied up doing even good things that that relationship begins to suffer. We need to get our eyes refocused on Him again. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. I told you earlier in the service tonight, a professor told me one time in college, there's two things that will change your life. When you see God as He really is, and when you see yourself the way that God sees you. We come to Isaiah chapter 6, and two things happened to Isaiah here. He saw God as he really was. And he saw himself the way God saw him. Can I tell you this? We need to make sure that we guard very diligently the things that we so enjoy here now. The spirit that is in this place. The people that love God. And we sat here last Wednesday night. And one after another, several people said, My heart's desire is to be emptied of self and let God fill me. Let God do what He's going to do. Folks, that is, that is the place that we need to be. That we love Him, that we walk with Him, that we desire to be sensitive to Him. And let Him do His perfect work in us. And if we do these things, we'll be able to enjoy what we have here for many years to come. Let's not get sidetracked. Let's not get our vision off the wrong place. Let's keep Him focused on Him. Let's love Him with all of our hearts and all of our soul, with all of our minds. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for Your Word. We pray that You'll bless it. Lord, just one thought tonight. No points. Nothing special. But, Lord, just a word of warning. I love what we have here. I love the spirit of this place.
I love that you have done wonderful works in the hearts of people here. And Lord, I long for it to continue. Lord, may we guard it and protect it carefully. May we walk with you. May our hearts be in tune with you. And I pray that you'd help us to each and every day seek to grow, to press toward the mark, to deepen our walk and our relationship with you. Dismiss us now with your blessings. We thank you for the time spent here together. Lord, how sweet it has been. We thank you for that and pray that you give us safety as we travel to our homes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.